everlasting, he's our everlasting Father. Yes. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much how you have led us up to this point in time. It goes without saying that, Lord, you have reminded us that you are there for us, you are with us, and that we can run to you, Heavenly Father, in all situations. There's nothing to fear. You are our captain. You are our shield. You are our rock. You are the Lord God Almighty. So, Father, as we spend some time in your word at this point in time, open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of your law. Speak through me, O God. Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name. And we pray that, Father, as always, may your name and your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please um, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 3. I'm going to read from verses 4 to 14. 1 Kings chapter 3 from verses 4 to 14. This is a familiar story for those of us who have uh, been Christians for a while. But you see, God always has something to tell his people. I'm going to start reading from verse 4 of 1 Kings chapter 3. The Bible says, Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I don't know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding how to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to descend justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has, been, there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you and i have also given you what you have not asked both riches and honor so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days so if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father david walked then i will lengthen your days may the lord bless the reading of his holy word in the mighty name of jesus Last week, I uh, 
brought to you the message that was the title was in desperate times and the conclusion basically was that you know in desperate times God has a way there's nothing to fear when we find ourselves in desperate times because God already knows the solution we can run to him knowing that he is our God and we are his people he is not confused he is not bereft of ideas. He knows everything because he created the whole universe. He created you. He created me. That is the awesome thing about this. He knows what is good for you and I. And we said that, you know, sometimes people pray amiss. We read from James chapter 4 and verse 3. The Bible says in that passage, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. That is what is happening even as we are speaking right now. We talked about the other problem. Now, these were not exhaustive in any way. We just mentioned these two. We talked about presumptuousness. You know, the Bible tells us in James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16, how some people make plans and, you know, exclude God. They say, well, I will do this today. I will go there tomorrow. Next year, I'll be over there. And, you know, God was advising us. He said, look, instead of thinking that way, you should be saying, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this and all that. And that is the way we need to be looking at, you know, our lives. God has made it possible for us to see today. There's nothing that we planned yesterday that brought us to this moment in time. We are alive purely because God has decided to keep us alive. Hallelujah. And then we talked about some actions. Basically, seeking the face of God. Coming humbly before God, we read from 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. In there, we know the Bible says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. You know, humbling ourselves and praying, seeking the face of God. You know, always seeking from Him what He wants us to do. And if we turn away from our wicked ways, He will hear our prayers, forgive our sins and heal the land. And we, you know, reiterated that God wants to heal all lands. You know, from the north to the south, the east to the west, God wants to heal the lands. He wants to heal this nation, United Kingdom. He wants to heal the United States. He wants to heal Nigeria, Ghana, whichever country you can think of. And then we talked about waiting upon the Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I want my strength to be renewed, you know, because we need that. For the challenges ahead and in these times of turmoil these times of confusion you go from government to government you see politicians saying one thing today and turning around and saying something else trying to manipulate people doing one thing or the other that is contrary to the will of god we need to wait upon the lord my minor brethren hallelujah so before i i i move on i just want to i want i just want to ask this you know in your prayers what are you what have you been asking for and for what purpose now, I'm not going to, you know, ask you to give me the answer to that, but it is very important that we think about these things. Because, you see, if not fully understood, we might well end up asking amiss most of the times. And as I was preparing, I was just asking myself, if my child came to me, you know, and then I provided something for my child and my child refused, what will I do? Sometimes we're like that with God. He provides something for us. And we turn our back on it, you know, we put our nose up and say, oh, you know, God, that is not sufficient for me. I need more than that. May God help us to be attentive to his words, his commandments, 
you know, his precepts, the, his, his guidance in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, the Bible commands us to pray without ceasing. And when we pray, we ask God for things. There's no doubt about it. And by the way, the title of this message is asking for what? Asking for what? We ask God for things. It's right and proper to ask God for things. That is the way prayer leads us, isn't it? But the question is, what are we asking for? Just because our prayers seem logical does not necessarily mean that they are right. An example is Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, the Bible says, had this thorn in the flesh. In fact, he called it the buffet of Satan. And he said he went to the Lord. I mean, if somebody is buffeted, if somebody is going through stress, it makes a lot of sense, isn't it, to ask God, Lord, take this thing away from me. But the Bible says, uh, this was Paul narrating, that he went to God and he asked God three times, three times, Lord, take this thing away from me. And he said, well, the Lord told him, my servant Paul, not this time, for my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for me. And you know what? Paul even said that, you know, he knew the reason why God did not answer the, his, that, that prayer the way he wanted. So that he would not get above himself. He would not be swollen-headed. He would not think he has arrived. You see, God wants us to be humble. Hallelujah. The Bible says, you know, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He has not changed and he will never change. In this familiar story in 1st Kings chapter 3, which I'm sure many of us have read several times, I just want to pinpoint certain things because it's amazing. As I was reading this, I was thinking, God has not changed. The God who was with Solomon and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob thousands of years ago is the God who is with us today. You see, the Bible says, if you, if you study that passage in the very beginning, that Solomon offered God a thousand burnt offerings. In other words, Solomon, you know, came to God in worship and in service. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I, my mind just runs wild when I think about the time that they spent slaughtering all these animals before God Almighty. It must have taken a long time. And of course, the animals were supposed to be the best. So these were choice animals that, you know, um, uh, Solomon chose to offer unto the Lord. And so the Bible says that, you know, as consequently, he was given an open check by God. And you know what an open check means? You know, basically, it, it, it was as if, you know, God was telling him, all right, okay, that is a check. Although they, they, were not, they, were not, they didn't have checks in those times, but you know what I'm, what I'm referring to. He was saying, well, you can write down anything there. Take it to the bank and cash it. He told Solomon, ask, ask for me to do anything. It's quite amazing, isn't it? I, I don't know if, if you were in that position today. Can you imagine maybe in a dream or an angel coming to you and an angel coming to you and say, Lord, uh, you know, uh, man of God, or, you know, woman of God. The Lord says, whatever it is that you need, ask and you will do it. I don't know what would have come to your mind, first of all. You know, many people would have thought of many things. But the Bible says that Solomon did not ask for riches. He didn't ask for the life of his enemies. He didn't ask for long life for himself. I mean, it was legitimate. Those things would have been legitimate requests as far as God was concerned at that point in time. But the thing that was uppermost in the mind of Solomon was the task that God has given, uh, had, had given him 
to rule over his people. And Solomon described himself as a child. Now, I'm not, I don't think he was a six-year-old child. No, 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 no. He was an adult. But he was saying, Lord, as far, you know, when I think about myself and you, I am but a child. I don't understand what to do. I don't have the, the, the you know, acumen, so to speak. I don't have the wisdom. I need you to give me understanding so that I can rule your people justly. I need you to give me understanding, Lord, so that I will do your will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, even today, the things that Solomon did not ask for are the things that people are asking for. In the 21st century, we are still faced with the same choices. People are still asking things. You know, Solomon instead asked for an understanding heart to judge God's people and to discern between good and evil. You know, amazingly, God, the Bible says God was so pleased by what he asked him for, that he gave him all that he had asked for and gave him more, gave him more. In fact, the Bible says, if you read in that place, God said, and I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor. Solomon did not ask for riches, did not ask for honor, but God gave him. Why? Because what God was asking, you know, my, you know, what God was asking, I mean, what Solomon was asking was so close to the heart of God. In fact, it reminds me how God described David. David, the father of Solomon, was described as a man after the heart of God. David was not flawless. David was not perfect, but his heart was where God wanted it to be. And I believe that, you know, today you and I have that option. If our hearts are where they should be, we will see the blessings of God beyond anything we have imagined in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says that God promised Solomon riches and honor. And you know, as you read the Bible, you know, we are told, isn't it, that Queen of Sheba traveled, I don't know how many hundreds of miles or maybe thousands of miles she actually traveled, but she came to see Solomon and was amazed, was amazed at the splendor and the majesty. You see, as I said earlier on, God has not changed and he will never change. He is still dealing with people in the same way. Those who focus on him, who desires it is to glorify his name, who put him first, will have their needs and much more provided for his purposes in the name of Jesus. Just before I move on, remember, Solomon was asking for wisdom to do the will of God. He was asking for wisdom not to do what he wanted, but to do the will of God. You see, when you think about all these things, there are certain verses in scripture that people don't like hearing. One of them is Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added on, unto you. You know, that is the word of God. It is true today. It was true thousands of years ago. It will be true in the future as long as Jesus Christ starts. That is the word of God. You see, the story of Solomon is one that really you know, touches us. We see God dealing with Solomon in a way that even Solomon himself could not have anticipated. Has God changed? No. Is he still touching the, his people that way? Yes. Is God, does God want to bless you? Of course, because he created you. Listen to me. God created you. You cannot, you, you cannot think of any blessing better than God. There is, you don't even love yourself better than God. God loves you better than yourself. God cares for you better than you care for yourself. That is the point. So when 
when we go to God, we must know this one I am coming to. He is the one who created me. He knows what I need. He knows everything about me. He cares for me more than I care for myself. And he will provide in the mighty name of Jesus, which is why it is important for us to always seek him to do what he wants us to do. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. 14 to 15 now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Praise the Lord. You know, when I read verses like this, I am so encouraged. You know, I keep on telling God, Lord, please help me to ask according to your will. Because when I ask according to you, the Bible says here that he will hear. If he hears, he will answer. Hallelujah. You see, God is good. He is kind. He's compassionate. He is loving. He hears the prayer of his people. I believe that God is a God of miracles. He was a God of miracles yesterday. He's a God of miracles today. He's a God of miracles tomorrow. God will perform miracles because that is his nature. Hallelujah. Don't believe any other thing. Don't believe any lie from the devil. God is performing miracles, but God always has a way forward. There is structure in the way God deals with his people. Hallelujah. You know, why? Why is he performing miracles? Of course, because he is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He never fails. Having said that, God cannot be manipulated. We cannot manipulate God. We cannot force God to do anything that he does not want to do. Hallelujah. That is just the fact. So, so instead of us screaming or crying or shouting or being emotional about anything, listen, we just have to understand that God has our back. God has our back. It is important to understand this. God has our back. You see, God knew what he was going to do in Egypt when he sent Moses or before he sent Moses. God knew when it was time to send Jesus. His only begotten son. God knew when to create you and I. And today he knows everything. This is a very important fact. None of us can have more compassion, love, empathy, kindness, benevolence than God. None of us can feel our own pain like he does. And none of us has a solution for our situation like his own solution. You know, people think, oh, I am in pain. I'm in pain. I'm the only one who understands this. My brethren, please listen to me this, this morning. Let me, if, I, I hope this will disabuse your mind. There is no pain you are going through that God does not feel. Because if you say God doesn't feel it, you are saying he is not God. God knows what you are going through. God knows where you are. God knows what, what you need. God is everything. And as you depend on him in accordance with his perfect will, he will open the windows of heaven hallelujah you see god is the one to run to he is the one who will listen he's the one to listen to he is the one to obey he is the one to wait for he is the one to call on he is the one who will sort out our most difficult situations after all he is god you see if we come to him and ask him according to his will he will hear us and if he hears us, he will answer our prayers. If we know that he answers our prayers, we can rest in his judgment, which is the very best. Nothing and no one 
compares to God. Nothing and no one compares to God. I don't know about you. I want to be in the place, even like Apostle Paul, when I call upon God and I'm thinking, this is what I need. And God tells me, no, 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 no. That is not what you need. I know what you need. My grace is sufficient for you. That is where I want to be. Hallelujah. Because God's grace will see me through. God's grace will see you through. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We don't live according to anybody's standard. I don't care what people think. I don't care what the world thinks. It is what God says that is important. If God says stay here, I want to stay there. If he says move, I want to move. If he says fly, I want to fly. Because that is the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. You can never fail. You can never fail when your eyes are fixed on Jesus. Glory be to God. You know, some people pretend, you know, I've, I've, I have heard this statement. Uh, they say, um, Oh, somebody is he so heavenly minded that the person is of no earthly use. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I say it again. It is a lie from the pit of hell. You cannot be heavenly minded and not be of use here on this earth. Because the Bible says, Jesus was saying, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If you have the heart of God, you know, you will do what is pleasing unto God and you will be an instrument of blessings in the hands of God. Nobody who serves God 100% will be useless in the name of Jesus. We debunk the lies of the devil. We debunk the lies of the devil. You know, in John chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, the Bible says, Jesus, this was Jesus speaking. He said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do. And also, greater works than this he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Let me just read some other verses before I, I, I give a, uh, make a comment on this. In John chapter 15 and verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me, very note, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you abide in me, you see, if you abide in Jesus, you can never ask for anything that is outside the will of God. Hallelujah. In John chapter 6, verses 28 to 29, you know, they said, and, and the Bible says, Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? I mean, it, it was, you know, it made, it made a lot of sense, isn't it? That they were asking what they would do to work the works of God. Now, this is Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son, the creator of the universe, answering. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. We don't have time to go into this, but that is a powerful, powerful word. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? It means that, you know, if you believe in Jesus, you follow him. We are talking about in the Sunday school. It means to surrender your property, your talent, your time, your, everything you have. In fact, in Luke, the Bible, Jesus Christ said, if you don't forsake all, you cannot be my disciples. That is what we're studying today in Sunday school. The thing goes through scripture from Genesis to Revelation. It says, abide in me. This is the work of God that you believe in whom in him whom he sent. May we believe in Jesus in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. Believing in Jesus to the point that we lay all at his feet. You know, what works did Jesus do? What was his mission on earth? Of course, Jesus performed miracles. 
And as we find in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, the miracles are the trademark of God's children. If you read the whole of that passage, it says, you know, go and preach the gospel, isn't it? And it says, you know, uh, and, and this, this signs, <laughs> sorry, will, fo will follow them that believe in my name. They will what? They will heal the sick. In my name, they will lay hands, you know, upon the sick and they shall rise, isn't it? The dead shall rise. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. That is in the word of God. Hallelujah. But what is the key? But most of the miracles to be performed are in context. You know, when you read that, analyze that, that passage of scripture, he said, first of all, go and preach the gospel. It is in obeying God that the signs and wonders follow. It is in preaching the gospel that the signs and wonders follow. Look at it today. Isn't it you know, what is happening? Where do you have the most miracles? Where there are crusades, isn't it? I'm not saying that God doesn't perform miracles elsewhere. I'm just saying like you know what I am saying that miracles performed are, are, are being done where there are miracles, where people come to hear the gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel that Jesus, that Apostle Paul said, he will not be ashamed of, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Praise the Lord. These signs follow. They do not lead the way. The works we do are those that, will, that, that, that should glorify God the Father. Jesus said, if we ask for anything, he will do it. So what does that mean? Of course, I already said it, but I just put this in there. Okay, so some people say, well, I can ask for anything. Does it mean that if I ask for a second wife or wisdom to rob a bank or ability to flout the rule of law or grace, grace, in the economy, grace to commit fraudulent acts, fire to obliterate our minor enemies, you know, wisdom to pass exams when I have not studied as I should, you think God is going to answer that prayer? No way. Because those are contrary to the will of God. God will never answer any prayer that is contrary to his will. And very often the Holy Spirit tells us, this thing you are asking, it is outside God's will. May God help us to be humble in the name of Jesus. I want to be humble. If we are humble, God will give us more grace. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Praise the Lord. So what we ask for should include our needs. Obviously, we have to include our needs. If you read this, the, you know, uh, we, 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 we know, call it the Lord's Prayer. In that prayer, Jesus referred to our needs. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, the Bible says, and the Lord will supply all our needs according to his riches by glory in Christ Jesus. You know, it should, con it should include our needs and things that are required to enable us to do what God has ordained us to do. So this raises another question. Do you know what God has created you for? Because if you are praying for something to enable you to be proficient in what God has called you to, God will answer in the name of Jesus. Do you know what God has created you for? Please, I'm not here trying to knock anybody on the head. Because this is a question I have to face every day of my life. We all have to face every day of our lives. When we wake up tomorrow, we're going to ask the question, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Unless we are right there where he wants us to be. The tendency is for us to go astray. But that will not be our portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Do you know what God has created you for? Listen to me, my brothers and my sisters. What God has created you for is not what your professor told you you are going to be. What God has created you for is not what so-so-so and told you. You need to hear from God and to pursue it diligently. In the mighty 
name of Jesus. When you do that, I can tell you, you will be blessed in your going out and your coming in. You will be blessed in the morning and in the afternoon. You will be blessed in the evening. You will be blessed when you are sleeping. Hallelujah. When you open your mouth, the wisdom of God will flow out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, it would be unfair to desire things for our own selfish gains. Reason? No plan we come up with can be compared to God's plans for our lives. And without Jesus, we can do nothing. That we see in John chapter 15, verse 5. You know, no wonder the Bible says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. In James chapter 4, and verse 3. So we have to ponder on the question, what and how are we going to use what we are asking for? What and how are we going to use what we are asking for? Would it be in accordance with God's will? Are we prepared to accept God's answer? Are we prepared to forgive that person whom we think is threatening our lives? Remember, Jesus Christ said, love your enemies and pray for those who despitefully use you. There are many people who are asking God for things and then at the least opportunity, they will go to God and say, fire! But Lord God, I come against that man. I come against that woman. I command fire to scatter his head. I command fire to scatter his hands. That is not a prayer from God. You know, listen, we need to follow God according to his word. You see, would it be in accordance with the will of God? We are usually drawn to stories like that of Abraham. Oh, great man of God, Abraham. The Bible says he obeyed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. We are drawn to Joseph. Joseph was imprisoned and then he rose from the position of a prisoner to that of a prime minister because God was with him. His life was a life of testimony, a life of miracles. We are drawn to Daniel. Oh, Daniel, in the land of Babylon, when everybody was going haywire, Daniel said, I will not, I will not defile myself. They brought him the king's food. He said, no, 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 no. I don't want the king's food. Give me vegetables and water. Test me for some time. They gave it to Daniel. He must have sounded crazy to the people. But when he took the vegetables, Hallelujah. When he took the water, which is something that even modern science at that time could not even, even, even understand. Guess what? By the power of the Holy Ghost, so Daniel become, became better than all his colleagues. That is still true today, my, my brethren. You know, we are drawn to David. David, the man after God's heart. Oh, David, he went to see the, the armies of Israel. Goliath came out every day making some big noise. It's not by the noise that they make. When the Holy Ghost is with you. I don't care how many Goliaths come your way. You will be a conqueror. In the name of Jesus. You know, Daniel, I mean, David, what did he do? He took out five smooth stones. Five, I know there are all sorts of theological explanations about that. I'm not even going, you know, going to go there. But the point is that he did not even need the, you know, five. Only one. He took the one. He aimed the thing. The, the you know, stone went straight to the forehead of Goliath. Oh, we are drawn to Gideon. Gideon, the angel came to Gideon. Ah, what did the angel say? Thou mighty man of valor. Thou mighty man of valor. Guess what happened? You know, Gideon eventually led the people of Israel. Amen. Because God was with him. You know, God can also be with you, my brethren. God can also be with you at this time. We are drawn to Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat prayed and God was with him. We are drawn to Moses. 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 
Who was in the wilderness for 40 years? God said, go. I want you to go to my people. You know, I want you to go to Egypt to see Pharaoh. He did not go there with an army. He did not go there with a machine gun. He did not go there with a sword. He went with the rod of God. I can tell you there is no obstacle that God will not lead you through if you are walking in accordance with his will. In the mighty name of Jesus. But the point is this. Those are not the only people in the Bible. What about John the Baptist? John the Baptist had his head cut off when Jesus was still walking in the land of Israel. Why didn't Jesus save him? Stephen was stoned to death. The Bible says that Stephen performed miracles. The Holy Spirit was with him. He was a man who spoke words of wisdom, but he was stoned to death. The Bible tells of Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was a mighty man of God who was used by God, performed great miracles. His head was cut off. What am I trying to say? I'm just trying to say that, you know, it is so important that when we're asking, we ask God to direct us. Praise the Lord. What type of prayer would we have prayed if we were in Stephen's situation? Why did God allow Stephen and John the Baptist to die the way they did? Why is God allowing Christians in North Korea and other nations to be persecuted? You know, many times Apostle Paul prayed for the sick and they were healed. He prayed for the dead and they rose from the dead. Yet, when he had the throne of flesh, God decided it should remain there. Is it possible to fathom God? No. His ways and thoughts are different and higher than ours. We see that in Isaiah 55. We need to come to God, not prejudging him, but allowing him to make the final decision. Even when we are exercising authority in the name of Jesus. That is important. Very, very important. Now, let's move on. In Luke chapter 11, verses 9 to 13. I'm just going to read this quickly. The Bible says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will Will you offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask you? That place does not anyway say that our, you know, our, our what we are asking for should be, you know, restricted to the Holy Spirit. But it's talking about, you know, what is of top priority. The preceding verses, if you read verses 1 to 8 of Luke chapter 11, they, they indicate, the point here is that we should ask persistently. You know, it is, we are advised to ask persistently. We are further informed that God gives good gifts and he will give the Holy Spirit to whoever asks. It is obvious that we need the Holy Spirit to accomplish our God-given task. Otherwise, Jesus would not have referred to him. The point is, I, you know, let me just, you know, Throw out this question. Are you being guided by the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit cannot guide you, you know, in any way that is different from the will of God. Could the gift of the Holy Spirit be the crown of all gifts? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Before you say yes, ask yourself this question. Do I hear the voice of God? Because there is no way anybody who is being led by the Holy Spirit will not hear the voice of God. It is impossible for anyone or someone with the Holy Spirit and depending wholeheartedly on him to be misled. That's impossible. Nobody can be misled if they are being led by the Holy Spirit. And finally, I want to read 
James chapter 1 and verse 8. Have, have him, you know, pointed out all these things, how we have to ask persistently. The fact that we ask in the name of Jesus, asking in the name of Jesus means that we are in his will, you know, and that God is for us. Then we have to ask for wisdom in faith. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask of God. Let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him, even today. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You see, the Bible tells us that we should ask in faith. We should not have, we should not doubt. And then it tells us what we should ask for. And in Proverbs, that is corroborated. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Let me read that again. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Is it possible for anybody who is walking in the wisdom of God to go astray? No. Is it possible for anybody who is walking in the wisdom of God to be misled? No. Is it possible for anyone who is walking in the wisdom of God and by the unction of the Holy Spirit to be deceived? Impossible. You see, even when we read Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. He led Jesus into the wilderness after 40 days and 40 nights. And, you know, after 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was tempted by the devil. And Jesus was not led astray. Walking in the wisdom of God will keep us on the path that God has for our lives. In the name of Jesus. I want to round this up by saying the Bible tells us to ask wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Why? Number one, it is the principal thing. Two, it is in accordance with God's will. Three, faith is required for it. Faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, we've heard all these verses before, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. Hebrews 11 verse 6, you know, for without faith, it is impossible, it is impossible, impossible, impossible to please God. For they that come to him must believe he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Anything not of faith is of the flesh. Hallelujah. We cannot please God carnally. We can only please God by faith. We cannot please God carnally. We can only please God by faith. Which is why, in conclusion, I want to say, it is impossible to ask in faith for something that is not in accordance with God's will, even though it might seem legitimate, not against man's law. Let me read that again. It is impossible to ask in faith for something that is not in accordance with God's will, even though it might be legitimate, not against man's law. Praise the Lord. So in conclusion, God wants us to ask, not indiscriminately, indiscriminately, but in faith, according to his perfect will for our lives. He is willing to stretch forth his hand to empower us for the work he has called us to. We need not be desperate or anxious about anything. And then finally, we should also realize that God will do what he would do in his own time. He cannot be manipulated. He cannot be tricked. He cannot be commanded or forced to do anything he does not want to do. For he 
is God. He loves us unconditionally. He is dependable. He is faithful. Will you ask God today in faith? Will you ask God for wisdom? Will you ask God according to his will? And will you be prepared to accept what God tells you? Those are the questions facing us today. Will you ask God in faith? Because we have to. Will you ask according to his will? Will you be prepared to accept his answer? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell God's people, this is not the way. Or wait. We say, no, 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 no. I have my little tiny brain. I can do what I want. I am very intelligent and all that sort of thing. You, you know, that is not the way forward. God knows better than us and he cares for us. We, look, listen, every person who is here, you know, today and elsewhere, if they operate according to the will of God, we will never be failures in the name of Jesus. And that is the will of God. God has not created you to be a failure. He has created you to be a success. The Bible says we are one of a chosen generation, a peculiar people, God's own people. You see, when you walk, you are God's own people, ambassadors for Christ. Who can touch you? If God is for us, no one can be against us. Hallelujah. So my brethren, that is the word of God for us today. The word of God is that, you know, in our asking, let us ask in accordance with his will. Hallelujah. God wants us to ask, but let us ask in accordance with his will. So the, 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 the understanding here is that, that even before we start praying, we must come to God and say, Lord, I come before you. I feel I have need of this or this or this or this, but Lord, you know best. Direct me in this prayer. Help me to pray in accordance with your will. Hallelujah. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Asking for what? Call upon God. I don't know what the Lord has spoken to you about as I was going through this message. I believe that most of these things you have heard before, probably for some of us here, these are not new. If we operate according to the will of God, we can never be failures. That is what God is reminding us of. And we should not shy away from the will of God. So commit yourself and say, Lord, today I commit myself unto you. Father, for what I've done in the past, when I did not listen to the Holy Spirit, please forgive me. But from today, Lord, I'm coming to you, Father. I believe you know what is best for me. I surrender to you. Help me, Lord. Show me the way forward. Direct me, oh God, so that I will not be swinging up and down, going from the left to the right, all over the place, going round and round in circles. I want to fulfill what you brought me to this earth for. Let us continue to pray. Continue to pray. Father, Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. My brethren, God loves you. I cannot overemphasize that. God cares for you. He wants you to be blessed in everything that you do. Otherwise, he would not have created you. And so I'm just saying today, you know, that, you know, you would gain in all respects by calling upon the name of the Lord and living your life in accordance with his will. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, this afternoon, I just want to thank you, Lord God, for your word. I thank you because, Heavenly Father, when we read through scripture, we see it again and again and again and again how you have blessed your people. Those who walked in accordance with your will. 
Lord, you have not run out of blessings. You will never run out of blessings. You care for us more than we care for ourselves. You love us more than we love ourselves. And I'm praying for my brethren here, Lord God. If anyone, Heavenly Father, in the past has gone astray, Lord, your, your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, cleanse us from all unrighteousness in the name of Jesus. Father, the things that we need, Lord, provide for us. The things that we think we need, Lord, may we come before you and ask you, O oh God, for the way forward. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray, Heavenly Father, that your mighty hand will rest upon your people. Lord God, as, as you begin to minister to them, they will go out, Heavenly Father, in the blessings of God, in the power of God with the unction of God and be instruments of blessings in the week ahead in the name of Jesus thank you Lord for hearing thank you Father for answering for in Jesus name we have prayed and God's people said Amen, Amen.